This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Yeah, I know. Hang on a second. I think there's someone following me. Yeah, I have my bolt right here. I'll be safe. I'll call you back. Don't be a victim to a would-be attacker. Carry the Taser Bolt and stay safe. With one simple tap of the button, the Taser Bolt delivers a powerful, continuous 30-second volt of electricity without requiring you to hold down or touch the device, giving you time to take your attacker down and escape safely. Taser International will even replace your bolt upon sending them a copy of the police report free of charge. Get it now at pjsafety.com. While you're there, explore our family of non-lethal personal defense products to increase your defense capability and safety. Be proactive and get to pjsafety.com and choose from thousands of easy-to-use personal defense products right now. Tasers, stun guns, sprays, security alarms, and more. pjsafety.com. That website again, pjsafety.com. Your safety begins at pjsafety.com. This is David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network. Folks, is President Obama in need of some mental evaluation, or is he just a straight-up snake? It's one of the two. Welcome to the program. Last Sunday, Chris Wallace of Fox News interviewed President Obama. And then they got a hold of me, not Chris Wallace, but uh, another one of the Fox programs, and asked for my reaction. But here's what Obama said. I want to read this. Obama says, I want occasionally... People to step step back and take a look. America's got the best cards. We are the envy of the world. We have the most powerful military on earth by a mile. Our economy right now is stronger than any other advanced economy. We have the best workers. We have the best universities. We're the most innovative. We have the most advanced scientific community. We have an incredibly diverse and talented, talented population. This can be our century just like the 20th, 20th century was as long as we don't tear each other apart because our politics value sensationalism or conflict over cooperation and we don't have the ability to compromise. And if we get that part right, nobody can stop us. Now think about that for a minute. Think about that. Now, I know when Obama knows he's coming on Fox, he has to be a little more conciliatory. But we know this man. We know who he is. He suffers from narcissistic personality disorder. He does not believe a word of what I just read, and that was his quote. He doesn't believe one letter of any word of that. He simply says this to mask the disaster his reign of terror over the United States has been. These last seven years have been America's nightmare. Let me give you a few examples. He doubled the national debt. He increased the national debt on his own by more than all the other presidents in our history in the history of this republic, combined. People can't find meaningful work in the Obama economy. 95 million Americans are out of work. And economic growth is sluggish at best. 
He screwed up the Middle East. He screwed up Iraq. He screwed up Afghanistan. He screwed up Syria. He says that we're the envy of the world. Folks, nobody in the world envies America anymore, not after Obama's reign of terror. Europe doesn't envy us. The Middle East doesn't envy us. Latin America doesn't envy us. India doesn't. Africa doesn't. Canada doesn't. And Israel for damn sure doesn't envy us. And none of the leaders of this country, of these countries, respects the United States anymore. Not China. Not Japan. Putin for sure doesn't respect Obama. He's been punking him out for the last four, five, six years. Benjamin Netanyahu doesn't respect Obama. Obama. And I know that Benjamin Netanyahu has to say some, you know, exchange some pleasantry and pleasantries and say some nice things out of diplomacy, out of diplomatic courtesy. He can't stand Obama. And you know what? The feelings are mutual. Obama can't stand him. I mean, for heaven's sakes, even King Jong-un of North Korea punks Obama out. What is he talking about? We're the envy of the world. We used to be. Before he got his hands on this experiment in self-rule and single-handedly destroyed it. Look, Obama came into office with three objectives. First was to destroy American exceptionalism. Second was to obliterate the United States Constitution. And third was to destroy the Republican Party. That is the only reason. Those are the only reasons he wanted to become president of this once great nation. That's it. He's an Alinskyite. He knows that for him to transform this once great nation into his inane idea of what it should be, he's going to have to destroy those institutions. The conservatives, the, the, the GOP, the United States Constitution, and American exceptionalism. He's gone around the world on an apology tour, for heaven's sakes. No other president has done that. He talks about compromise. If we're only willing to take a step back and compromise, this is why I I don't think it's hyperbolic to say this guy's in need of mental evaluation. Otherwise, he's just a straight-up snake trying to fool us. But he's not fooling us. But he has the nerve to stand there, and that's why I say narcissistic personality disorder. He can actually look into a camera and say this with no emotion, like, most people be looking down at their shoes and, you know, looking around the room as they talk, knowing these people don't believe this BS. Not Obama. He talks about compromise and politics gets in the way. Everything this guy does is political. Everything. For the time he gets up in the morning. He's trying to figure out how he can kick the... GOP in their ass. How he can bring America down a peg or two on the world stage. Bowing to dictators. Compromise? This guy compromises with 
Nothing. He shoved Obamacare down our throats. He didn't compromise on religious freedoms for nuns who don't want to dispense birth control in, in, in Catholic hospitals. He didn't compromise on the oil pipeline, did he? He canceled it, vetoed it. Did he compromise on the debt ceiling? No. He says, this is what it's going to be, or I'm going to shut the government down and then blame you Republicans for it. He compromises with nothing. Did he compromise on the Iran agreement? Did he compromise on the Trans-Pacific Partnership trade agreement? Or or does he compromise on the global warming agreement he's getting the United States into? No. Has he compromised on taking in Syrian refugees or on immigration reform? No. All of his executive orders are about not compromising. When he doesn't get his way, he bludgeons the other sides with executive orders. His definition of compromise is that we will do things his way. That's why when Fox sent me his his quote out of part of his interview, I said to myself, is Fox trying to set me off? Not up. Off. They knew or they should have known, that I'd go off on this. This is insane. We have to get over this sensitivity about offending the second black president. I say second because the Congressional Black Caucus said that Bill Clinton was the first black president. So that makes Barack Obama the second. We have to stop that and start telling the truth about this guy. This has been a disaster. His reign of terror has been America's nightmare. And I know Chris Wallace, he had to be sensitive and he had to be polite. He has to do that. You can't invite these guys on and start excoriating them, but I'm sure going to do it. You know what the best part of the Obama presidency is? It's that it's almost over and we can start rebuilding the ruin his reign of terror has been. You're listening to David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network. I will preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign or domestic. On Thomas Jefferson's birthday, it is right that we ought to repeat those words, remember them, and bear in mind that the construction substantiates the notion that there could be such a thing. Jay Severin. Weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to David Clark, the People's Sheriff. In the last segment, we were talking about the delusional one, Barack Obama, and his view on the state of things in the United States, and it's just rosy. Everything's coming up roses in his estimation. We can only put the politics aside. The guy's phenomenal. Everything that he has touched has turned to crap. Remember the $1 trillion stimulus? Remember the kickoff to Obamacare, which was a disaster? You know, he mentioned that we have the strongest military in the world by a mile. First of all, it's by more than a mile. It's about from here 
to the moon. But yet he ties their hands with these silly rules of engagement. He won't unleash the military might of this country to settle these conflicts quickly, reduce the amount of lives lost, including U.S. soldiers, but also civilians, and then come on home, and then send a message. Let that be a lesson that if you do that again, you'll get that and more. This guy's got ISIS taunting him. This goon from North Korea taunting him. How about his war on police? How about his handling of the racial divide that he created? He's done more to destroy racial harmony in this country than anybody in the last half century. Now come back to global warming where he says there is no doubt the argument is over that there's climate change and it's man-made. That's not settled science. So you see what I mean when I say this guy, this guy's in need of mental evaluation. I'm serious when I say that. This guy's scary. He's scaring me anyway. You know, this week, or this past week, uh, Bill Clinton really stepped in it. He was appearing for his wife on the presidential campaign trail, and he got into it with some some of the goons from Black Lives Matter. And it was a great exchange. It was, it was classic. He told the truth. And then he came out and apologized. Bill never apologized for telling the truth. I'm going to play for you this clip. I was I appeared on the Charles Payne Making Money Fox Business News over this clip, and, and I want you to listen to this. This is good. I like protesters, but the ones that won't let you answer are afraid of the truth. That's a simple rule. Be afraid. Be very, very afraid. I don't know how you would characterize the gang leaders who got 13-year-old kids hopped up on crack and sent them out onto the street to murder other African-American children. Maybe you thought they were good citizens. She didn't. She didn't. You are defending the people who kill the lives you say matter. Tell the truth. That was a fiery Bill Clinton receiving all kinds of criticism for that exchange with Black Lives Matters protesters. But uh, in response to some of that harsh uh, feedback, if you will, the former president uh, stopped short of actually apologizing. Take a listen. So I did something yesterday in Philadelphia. I almost want to apologize for, but I want to use it as an example of the danger threatening our country. Well, of course, he was attempting to defend both his own record and his wife's record. Uh, We'll see what happens with him on a political side, but I think it was brilliant. And joining me now is someone I think agrees, Sheriff David Clark. Sheriff Clark, when you saw uh, a a Democrat, uh, his wife running for president, Bill Clinton, saying to Black Lives Matter something that we've heard very few politicians, certainly on the left, say, how did it make you feel? Charles, hell has frozen over. The man that the Congressional Black Caucus said was the first black president is now out 
parroting Sheriff David Clark's narrative on this subversive group of renegades called Black Lives Matter. Bill told the truth, but he kind of stepped in it. I would love to be a fly on the wall the next time he and Mrs. Bill Clinton get together. She's out groveling before this group. She's out pandering to this group, trying to get their support, and then he comes along and tells the truth. But I'll tell you what right now, and I'm a little surprised at this, that the uh, GOP or the RNC isn't already running ads. Just using that clip that you just played, and you don't do it in suburban areas, you do it in black areas, and you do it incessantly all the way through November. Here's what Bill Clinton thinks of Black Lives Matter. And yet, you know, I got to tell you, uh, this aired during our show last night, uh, Sheriff Clark, and uh, of course, I got a, a fair amount of negative feedback, and, and the, and the re- replies anger me so much when, when black people say, hey, uh, you know, uh, there, there are white criminals, and, and you know, this sort of, uh, why don't we ever talk about white on white crime? We're talking about black genocide here, you know, the, the amount of black people that will kill each other in Chicago over the weekend, and, and we've got to be honest, in our neighborhoods, we do often glorify drug dealers and people like that. Oh, without a doubt. But, you know, that's easily uh, swatted away. When you look at the rates of crime, you know, I know they like to bring this up that, you know, whites kill whites, too. But if you look at the rates, what happens in the black community dwarfs what happens in other communities. But look. Like I said, Bill Clinton told the truth, okay? He let his emotion get the best of him, but he told the truth. He even used the word, the truth. And that's what we're talking about here. They created this monster. Breathe life into this monster call, Black Lives Matter. When you create a monster, uh, Charles, then you have to feed the beast. And when you can no longer feed the beast, the beast will turn on you and eat you. And that's what we're seeing here. And that's why I think this is so fantastic. You know, uh, and, and the, the, the whole thing uh, today I was reading where one, uh, one university canceled a, a party with a Kentucky, Kentucky Derby theme because some other students claimed it was racist because it goes back over 100 years. I mean, are they ever going to draw the line with this stuff? Because it gets more absurd every day. It gets more absurd. Look, these snowflakes on these college campuses, they're offended by anything. They're offended by the fact that uh, it might be cloudy in the morning, and so they'll find some reason. But the thing is, when you tolerate that stuff on these college campuses, when I say you, I'm talking about these college presidents and these boards, when they tolerate... Uh, this stuff, they just continue to push. This is a totalitarian movement. This is a, a group of people that has no tolerance for anybody else's view. They're out looking for some phantom reason to be offended about something. And I think that uh, it's high time that these university presidents uh, get a pair of stones and start pushing back. Tell these students to get back to class, open a book, and start to learn something with the thousands and tens of thousands of dollars that they're spending for a college education and deal with that other stuff, uh, you know, on their own time. Before I let you go, you talked about the GOP repackaging Clinton's comments, showing him in black neighborhoods. Could there be a successful counter Black Lives Matter movement, a counter victimization movement within the black community that could be successful? Sure, but it's got to be led, and and that's the problem. You're not going to find many people that are going to have the courage to step out and do it. Look, if any Republican said what Bill Clinton said yesterday, they'd be called a racist. It'll be interesting to see if, uh, once again, Bill Clinton becomes, becomes a racist, because that happened to him after he went after Barack Obama in 2008, and he was very hurt by that. Yeah. Dr. Sheriff Clark, thanks a lot. David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network. 
Don't miss the morning blaze with Doc and Skip. While the babyface bozo faced off with the guard, the big mama tried to make off with the goods, which began a battle between three thieves and two employees in the parking lot. Cops were called, and the Hamptons were taken to the Broward County Jail, where they were hit with multiple theft and battery charges. Coming up, be kind, rewind, and don't hit someone with a VCR. The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. Weekday mornings, 6 to 9 Eastern, on the Blaze Radio Network. Blaze Radio Network On Demand. David Clark, the People's Sheriff. Folks, ask yourself this. When are we going to be through with the Clintons in American politics? We just did a segment on Bill's faux pas, although he did tell the truth. I'm going to follow that up with another Clinton story, but this time it's Mrs. Bill Clinton. You know, these people are, why are there different standards for the Clintons? The Clintons get away with literally murder in politics. You know, metaphorically in politics, they do things, what I mean, they do things that would destroy another candidate. They say things, they involve themselves in things that would destroy not just on the right, but on the left. It would destroy them. But there seems to be this standard for the Clintons that's different. I think this is phenomenal. I think it's worthy of some sort of study. Why the Clintons are viewed differently in terms of their behavior, things they say, the things they involve themselves with. Ethically. They just seem to get a pass. And I don't mean from those on the right. But part of the problem is the right because we don't take this and hang it around their neck until they drop to the bottom of the ocean. You know, I'll say a few things. Well, that's not right. And if we did that, here's what would happen. So some of it is us on the right. Not so much the people, you know, we the people. I'm talking about the conservative media. I think talk radio, Levin, Rush Limbaugh, they do a pretty good job. So I'm looking at what she recently did. And I just, I, I shake my head. Many of you may know that... This past week, Mrs. Bill Clinton appeared with Mayor Bill de Blasio in a skit, a little skit. And they ended up, they're trying to be funny. See, this is an elite, This first of all, it's an elitist crowd. But they thought this was kind of cute. Well, I didn't think it was so cute. Do I think this was a huge deal? Well, let me get into that later. Let me, let me set this up this way. I'm reading from Fox News. Clinton pins racially charged skit on New York City mayor's shoulders. That's typical of the Clintons, first of all. It's always somebody else's fault. Just throw somebody else under the bus, and the media will go for it. So here's what happened. Democratic presidential frontrunner Hillary Clinton distanced herself Tuesday from a racially charged comedy skit she participated in with New York 
Mayor Bill de Blasio over the weekend. In the sketch at the city's annual Inner Circle Charity Show, Inner Circle, unbelievable, de Blasio said he took so long to endorse Clinton for president because he was running on CP time. That's the letter C, the letter P, time, an apparent reference to the stereotype of African Americans being late for appointments. Clinton then interjected, cautious political time, I've been there. Ha 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 ha. Here's what she had to say. Well, look, it was Mayor de Blasio's skit, she told Cosmopolitan.com. Yeah, it's always said, oh, it was his skit. She participated in it. She goes on to say he has addressed it, and I will really defer to him because it is something that he's already talked about. See, it's just like nothing here to see. Move along. Just keep going. She didn't do that when Trump stumbled over the abortion question. She cut a political ad over it within days. She didn't say, well, Trump addressed it. He came back and said, you know, he would do it differently. So back to the story here. Many of the New York politician power brokers and reporters in the room laughed at the joke. Isn't that special? The New York politicians, power brokers and reporters, that's the elitist class, folks. The liberal elites, limousine liberals, they laughed. Ha, 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 ha. Story goes on to say, but as word of the sketch spread via social media, coverage became scornful. The Daily News blared skit for brains on its Tuesday front page, and New York Magazine made reference to the mayor's black spouse asking, does your wife, Shirlane McRae, know about this joke? De Blasio, whose two multiracial children identify as black, downplayed the controversy. Of course! Ah, no big deal here. Unless a conservative or Republican had done this. Can you imagine that? And we've talked about it. Can you imagine if Rush Limbaugh would have participated in this and said this? Would his would de Blasio's children have downplayed the controversy? So de Blasio says it was clearly a staged event, he told CNN on Monday. I think people are missing the point here. No, we're not missing the point, de Blasio. I, as a black American, I'm not not missing the point. Even the White House spokesman John Ernest, uh, Ernest, Josh Ernest, deflected questions about the propriety of the joke, saying he had seen it, but he praised Clinton and de Blasio for the commitment they've shown over the course of their careers as justice and civil rights. Look how they spin that. This is unbelievable. Now, let me go in this direction with this. Do I think this is a huge deal? No, because I think we just... We've gone along with the left's dominance of the narrative for too long. And now everybody's offended on the left anyway, about everything. You look at them. Oh, I feel threatened. He looked at me in a threatening manner. This is ridiculous. Do I think this is a huge deal? No, but I'll tell you what. 
the left set the standard and they said, you can't do this anymore. You can't make off-color jokes. And that's what they did here. Do I think she should resign from the presidential? No, none of that. I'm just saying they set the standard over what is tolerated and what is not in terms of our conversation. You can't say this anymore. They said it, not us. They did. And then they do it, and it's, well, nothing to see here. Well, you know, their commitment to civil rights is is unquestioned. Really? This is unbelievable. The Clintons. And, you know, that's why I cannot fathom the thought of a Mrs. Bill Clinton presidency for eight years will have to put up with the Clintons again. And you know what? It's not over after that. Even if we defeat her in November, it's not over. Because, trust me, Chelsea Clinton will be running for political office within the next five years. And then we'll have to deal with her. If a university president, had president from New York University, had he have participated in this skit and said that, CP time, I'm telling you right now this morning he would be resigning under pressure from the student body who would be rioting in the student union. He must go. But with the Clintons, it's always, ah, nothing here. Move along. The Blaze Radio Network, on demand. David Clark, the People's Sheriff. Find more on demand at theblaze.com slash radio. Buck Sexton. Transnational Caliphate, which it already is obviously the start of it, but they think it'll get much larger. It's important to keep in mind as well, by the way, that each ISIS affiliate is not considered a separate caliphate. It's all part of the same caliphate. Just because it's geographically disparate doesn't mean that it's the same entity, because it's an ideological entity. It's not a geographic entity per se, or at least its borders are not geographic. Buck Sexton, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Blaze Radio Network. Sheriff. One quick note to start the final segment here. Corey Lewandowski, the campaign manager for Donald Trump, uh, was determined that he won't be criminally charged. And I think that uh, that is the correct decision. And here's why. And I'm only going to spend a brief time on this. Folks, it's time to move on. I think there's nothing more than a sideshow, this whole thing that he was even arrested for it anyway. And I talked about it extensively in a segment here, from a cop's perspective. That's what I gave it to you as. A cop's perspective. I've investigated these things. I have 38 years of experience. It doesn't make me an expert, but I have a little more intimate knowledge about how these things work than other people might. And I got a lot of feedback from the segment I had, and that's fine. Uh, you are allowed on the people's sheriff to have a dissenting view. I often take a dissenting view on many things in our discourse. I encourage that sort of thing. But I just gave a cop's view. And it was determined now that uh, he will not face criminal charges. And I think that is the correct decision. Um, you know, 
this is the kind of stuff that goes on in a, in a political environment. And I think it's unfortunate because I think, I think it detracts from what we should really be focusing on. So I'm not going to sit up here and do a victory lap because I said that uh, this thing would not stand up in a court of law. I knew that. And, you know, I invited your um, opinion on it as well. And I always say, you know, get a hold of me on Twitter and let me know what you think. And some of you did. Uh, and that's fine. You aren't wrong and I'm not right. We're from different schools of thought. And I encourage that on the people, Sheriff. So that's all I will have to say about that. And I want to get into something real important. The city of Chicago, Mayor Rahm Emanuel, that corrupt individual who needs to be removed from office, by the way. But right now there's not a state law process that allows him allows him to be recalled, but the state is talking about putting in a recall law. I don't know if they'll make it retroactive or not. But Rahm Emanuel, after this Laquan McDonald uh, horrific incident, and it's an aberration, by the way, comes up with this, this task force. He creates a task force on uh, the Chicago Police Department. So they come out with this report the other day, Police Accountability Task Force, Recommendations for Reform, Restoring Trust Between the Chicago Police and the Communities They Serve. And this was nothing more than a continuation on the war on police. That's all this is, is fuel for that fire. Very little in this report, and I have the report right in front of me. About 22 pages long, so it's not that that lengthy, at least the executive summary, I'm sorry. It is a raw use of statistics to support this nonsense. It's based on emotion. It's based on anecdotal uh, references. I'll give you an example. Page 7 of this uh, thing under racism. It says, the task force heard over and over again from a range of voices, particularly from African Americans, that some CPD, Chicago Police Department, officers are racist have no respect for the lives and experiences of people of color and approach every encounter with people of color as if the person, regardless of age, gender, or circumstances, is a criminal. They don't offer any evidence of that. They just throw this generality out there. If there's anybody in the city of Chicago on the south side, Chicago's 80 miles up the road from Milwaukee. I get there often know the area. The south side of Chicago is mainly the ghetto. It's where you need the most policing. But if there's anybody in the Chicago ghetto that has no respect for the lives of people of color, it's other black people. Not overall, I maintain that the overwhelming majority of people who live on the south side of Chicago, the ghetto, the black community, are good, decent, law-abiding people. They may be poor, they may be undereducated, they may be uneducated, they may be unemployed, but they still live by society's rules. If not for the Chicago police, the south side of Chicago would be ruled by gang and drug lords, for heaven's sakes. The only people who care about the lives of other black people on the south side of Chicago, it's the Chicago police officer, mainly the white Chicago police officer who risks their lives, 
goes down there every day, puts their life and career on the line to serve and protect other black people. What the hell is this report talking about? Here's what this is. This report is garbage. When I'm done reading it, I'm going to take it outside and, 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 and wrap my dog's excrement with it. Because this thing is of no value. It's garbage. This was nothing more than Rahm Emanuel, this corrupt, crooked, deranged individual's attempt to save his political ass. That's what this is. To deflect against his own shortcomings, he withheld. He was part of that conspiracy to withhold the Laquan McDonald video until after his election. He knew this would be very damning and that his opponent would be able to use this to maybe unseat him. I don't know that for sure. So he withholds it. He throws the Chicago Police Department under the bus to save his political backside. That's what this is, to deflect away from him and what he has done and to put it squarely at the feet of the Chicago police officer. This, ladies and gentlemen, is disgusting. That's the kind of human being Ron, Rahm Emanuel is. So they sit up there and they come up with this report that doesn't talk about all the failures of liberal Democrat policy by liberal Democrat politicians that have done nothing more than exacerbated poverty. Poverty is now inescapable on the south side of Chicago. You have massive unemployment. You have failing schools in the city of Chicago. You have crime-ravaged neighborhoods in the city of Chicago, all run by liberal Democrats. All of the council members, their city council, are Democrats. They always have been. The mayor, a Democrat, a dyed-in-the-wool Democrat, they run these cities, and their inability to solve these urban pathologies leads to this crap. 800 people have been shot in Chicago in the first three months of the year. 800 people. 150 people murdered, mainly black, over 80% killed by other blacks, And they want to point to this aberration of Laquan McDonald, which will be dealt with properly and should be. It was disgusting. So we want to wipe away all this other ugliness about what goes on in the urban ghetto in Chicago. And we want to point to this aberration. And now it's the Chicago Police Department. It's their fault. Why don't we make the south side of Chicago a no-go zone? Why don't they pass an ordinance to remove the police altogether? If you think 150 people murdered is bad and 800 people in the first three months of the year, can you imagine without the Chicago police down there what it would be? We're going to hear more about this. This this deserves a longer segment, but we're out of time for today. We'll pick this up again because obviously the New York Times is running with this and the Washington Post and you know, they love this. Oh, we have some 
fuel for the fire. This is going to hurt good law-abiding black people. Follow me on Twitter during the week at Sheriff Clark, C-L-A-R-K-E, and at thepeoplesheriff.com. God bless you. This is David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network.